0: You are listening to Revolver Podcast. Wanna grow your own weed but not sure where to get the seed? Go to bcbuddepot.com. For nearly 15 years, BC Bud Depot has been building one of the world's most comprehensive seed banks, offering over 50 strains of top-quality cannabis to suit every grower's needs, including multiple award-winning strains like Godbud, The Purps, BC Blueberry, Girl Scout Cookies, and more. In fact, BC Bud Depot's genetics have won over 30 different cannabis awards over the past decade. So you know you're dealing with a recognized industry leader that will deliver you some of the most potent, flavorful flowers on the planet. They ship worldwide, offering fast, discreet delivery at reasonable prices. All online orders are processed within 48 hours and are packaged and mailed with the utmost stealth and safety in mind. And if for some reason your order gets lost, damaged, or confiscated, BC Bud Depot will resend it at no extra charge, guaranteeing that every customer receives what they paid for. Whether you're looking for indica or sativa, indoor or outdoor, feminized or auto flowering, BC Bud Depot has the seeds you need at a price you can handle. But don't take my word for it. Check out their extensive library of award-winning genetics for yourself at bcbuddepot.com and type in promo code BLAZIN420 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. BC Bud Depot, home of Cannabis Champions since 2002. Please check your local, state, and national laws before ordering. It's time to roll up those joints, pack those bowls, and fire up those nails. Because you're listening to Blazin', with Bobby Black.
1: What's up, Stonerverse, and welcome to another edition of Blazin'. I'm your host, Bobby Black. You know, as we've been mentioning uh, the past few weeks, uh, 420 is just around the corner. And that means that stoners all across America will be celebrating in their own unique ways. But there are definitely certain bigger events, cooler events going down in various uh, legal states across the country. And... Uh, To help us uh, sort out which events are are the best and which ones are worth our time and energy, my guest uh, this week is one of the people who helped bring 420 into the public consciousness and an old friend of mine. Like me, he's a former uh, editor at High Times where he spent about 20 years, just like me, and uh, he is currently the publisher of the uh, popular website Celeb Stoner, what I like to think of as the TMZ of THC. And uh, he's also the editor-in-chief of Freedom Leaf Magazine. Please welcome to the show, Steve Bloom.
2: Hey, Bobby. How you doing?
1: I'm doing great. How's everything with you? I'm keeping busy. Yeah, I can, I can see that from your, uh, from your social media and from, from the website. You always have uh, a lot going on. Uh, tell us a little about what you've been up to lately.
2: Well, you know, I worked at High Times with you for many years and I left High Times in 2007 and I went into the blogosphere and I started CelebStoner.com and I've been doing that for the last eight years and uh, that was a whole new world and it was really exciting to get involved with that. I kind of hit it a little early before all the uh, numerous uh, marijuana-themed websites have kind of uh, flooded the uh, uh, the internet these days, but um, so I continued to do that and uh, in the last year, I I got involved with a magazine called Freedom Leaf, and I'm the editor of that, so uh, we've been, we're on year two of the magazine, we're working on our April issue, we're kind of doing like high times, you know, monthly issues, and it's a smaller uh, version of that, it's a kind of more of a digest looking magazine, it's a 6x9 instead of a 8x11, 8x11, uh, I kind of call it my baby high times because it's like a smaller version of that, you know, it's kind of what I would be doing at high times minus the heavy celebrity focus and also minus the growing, which I didn't focus on at high times anyway, but it's activism, politics, and business. And so we're zeroing in on, you know, wherever we want to kind of cover. We're very closely affiliated with Normal, as High Times, of course, is and always has been. Uh, and we work closely with SSDP and Women Grow, and we're adding on, we have a writer from the DPA, and, you know, we have all different people kind of affiliated with the magazine now, even Guile Bielam writing for us, who's, you know, famous famous uh, pod comic out of the West Coast. We mm-hmm. keep adding... People who I've known over the years, Rick Fromer, who worked for Harborside Health Center, is now on his own. He does some kind of interesting grow related stories for us. So they're kind of tapping a lot of my friends. I may even tap you.
1: Well, I would be uh, stoked. I have a lot of free time now, as you may know. So <laughs> maybe okay. I can uh, do, a, do a story for you guys. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, you and I were both when we were at High Times, we were not the grow guys, we were both into entertainment, you know, we were into movies and music. And, and that was kind of our beat. And uh, you famously helped uh, pretty much created the Stoney Awards and the Doobie Awards, the High Times Awards for, for movies and for music. And you ran them in, in New York for many years, which the, and that was the heyday. I mean, those award shows were really something, weren't they?
2: Oh, we had a blast. Those B.B. King shows were really terrific. And, you know, let the world know that you took over the doobies. And uh, and of all things, South by Southwest is, uh, is is happening now. So I guess you probably missed not being there. I know you didn't go last year. And, and I guess the doobies have sort of grounded to a halt as High Times, you know, focuses primarily on cannabis cups. But, you know, back then, you know, those events weren't big money makers. And, you know, High Times didn't really like to promote events that didn't make a lot of money. So, you know, we had a fun time doing it, but we didn't really make a lot of money doing it for the company, so I guess they kind of didn't really continue. And they did it for a while after I left. You took over the Doobies and I know Steve Hager took over the Stonies for a minute. But, you know, those shows are gone
1: yeah you know I always you know, I did the doobies at uh, in South by Southwest for six years and then uh, before they you know kind of pulled the plug because the the cannabis cup in Denver had become so big that we needed to be focusing my, my time and my energy on on that which is just a month you know after the south by Southwest but you know South by Southwest itself has become such a huge event now I mean there are big-time movie and TV premieres going on down there and uh, so so many other uh, big celebrity things that go on down there. And I would always try to tell them, like, the value of this event is not the amount of cash we bring in. It's the connections and the networking and the exposure that we get. I mean, think about all the big celebrities that you and, and everyone else at High Times were able to get to come to those Stony Awards and those Doobie Awards and, and the and the connections and the interviews and things we got out of it.
2: Anyway, it's Sublime, they played for us in 1995, you know, so, you know, that was a great time, but, you know, we got in there early, you know, and South by Southwest has gotten so big now, and, you know, maybe a little too big, and, uh, but, you know, we were going with High Times, going back to 94, and I went every year up until I left High Times in 2007, so, you know, I loved going down there, but I read all the stories how things have changed in Austin, and, you know, a few years ago they have people got killed because, you know, a guy ran people down, and, You know, I would, you know, now that, you know, that South by Southwest has gotten so big, I would figure High Times would want to jump back in because now it's on the radar. When we were doing it, it wasn't really on the national radar. It was a great local event, and so they didn't really understand why it was important. You and I did, but they didn't, and probably now they'll get it because, you know, now it gets, you know, national media attention. Too late for them, though, because it's, like, so hard to get into how South by Southwest now find a venue, you know, and it's probably very much more expensive. You know, uh, now to run an event than it was then. You know, so we had fun, we had great times, and we had really terrific events. I mean, too many bands to play in one day. We packed the <laughs> packed the bills with too many bands, and then we'd run into trouble at the end and not be able to finish the show. And then we get run off the stage by South by South. <laughs> people said you got to close it up. But, you know, when we were doing a 12-to-6 or 12-to-7 event, that was really the peak. We had the uh, the Vibe on 6th Street, which I know is no longer there, or has been replaced by some, some other venue. But, you know, those were really the days when we had a full-day event. That was such a blast. And it really truly was the one big stoner event that South by Southwest and all the stoners came out. And, you know, originally, you know, the idea was to really cater to the industry. So if you had a badge, you came in. And I know, you know, you and I both, you know, started to cater to the locals and have them pay and that's where we can make a little bit money on the event you took that to the next step you know i started to do that but you know we slowly but surely started because people wanted to go we start getting phone calls hey i heard about the high times can we go you want know, to really turn people down and it was a great way to reach the locals in austin too not just the industry so you could kind of hit the industry and hit the locals and you know it was a great idea to hit everybody so you know it was a great it was a great event you know as you and i know you know it wasn't really uh treated with uh, the respect it deserved up at high times. I mean, every year I had to fight to get a budget to go down there.
1: Yeah, as, and, as uh, certainly and I would say other the concepts. same thing as you.
2: You know, Just bring one ad rep down and sell some ads. You know, pay pay for the party in the space.
1: Yeah, you know, um, and when I took it over, I kept a lot of the tradition that you you know that you started alive. I the parties were always from noon high noon till six or seven, and uh, we, the venues changed obviously. But but by incorporating the Doobie Awards, which were going on before that in New York, down into the South by Southwest party, and then selling the tickets, I was able to you know able to offset the cost of the party and the expense a little bit, which helped keep it going uh, with the powers that be at high times. And uh, yeah, it was just a great. Fun party to this day. I mean, I haven't done it there in a few years, and to this day, people are still writing in saying, uh, "Is the Doobies coming back? When? When are the Doobies coming back to Austin?" You know, I'm sure, and, they, uh, I'm sure they miss it. They miss yeah, it. I'm the sure Stoners down it. there miss it. And we were always, I, you know, I got to say, uh, being what you're in Texas, you you tend to have a certain view of how things are with law enforcement and stuff. But they never bothered us. I mean, knock on wood, they never bothered the Doobie Awards. They never tried to raid it or check it out or anything. I mean, they left us alone, which was which was pretty cool. I thought.
2: What I noticed down there also was that when we first started doing it, the weed was terrible. (laughs) It was all swaggy, you know,
1: Mexican, yeah.
2: you know, buds. And then it got better and better and better. And every year, you know, somebody would show up with these great buds. And, you know, so, you know, the whole culture there was kind of changing as we kind of, you know, kept coming back year after year after year. It was a lot of fun.
1: yeah. So you, with Freedom Leaf, you're focused more on the political, more on the serious news type of uh, yeah, I- issues? Yeah, I
2: mean, I mean, the way the celebrity stuff kind of plays in now is all the celebs getting into the wheat business. So uh, in the new issue, we have a review of Leaf Spice Snoop, the new product line that Snoop Dogg has, and it's only available in Colorado, and I sent one of our, uh, our, our local people there to one of the shops, and they made some buds and concentrate available so we do a spread on that And i'm trying to do that with a lot of the others the marley natural which just came out in la and the willie nelson uh reserve which should be coming out you know i think around 420 i think they're gonna do something and you know Wiz khalifa's got a line now and every day somebody else melissa a etheridge said, has a every, wine
1: right melissa etheridge she has a wine <laughs> and the
2: other day and the other day and you know actually it was due to 311 getting booked for the cannabis cup and I saw the promotional, you know, flyer that went around, you know, online, and in the description of 311, it said 311 has a new uh, vaporizer pen called the Grassroots Uplifter. So I just did an item on that, and so Stoner. I mean, I was the guy who kind of brought 311 into the fold. I Going back to wetlands, you know, I used to see those yeah. guys when they first started up, they were, you know, five guys from Nebraska who you know moved to LA and uh and you know made it big and the beauty of 311 is yeah you know, they've really stayed together not one guy has left the band uh and they just keep going doing what they're doing you know it's kind of like if Sublime had uh if Brad Nowell had not died you know yeah. you'd have Sublime keep going around as the original band but you know a lot of times you know one or two guys leave something happens uh But now, you know, 311 played the Cannabis Cup. Now they're playing this. So that's kind of our way in to do celebrity coverage right now is the celebs getting into the business side.
1: Yeah. Well, obviously, you continue to cover the celebrity stuff and entertainment news on your website, Celebstoner.com. Let me ask you about the uh, celebrity branded cannabis products. Do you think that this is just a a, a passing fad, like a bubble, or do you think that this is the future of the cannabis industry? I
2: don't think it's the future. I just think it's kind of a wing of it. You know, this is you know, it's going to expand out into many other companies. But these, you know, a lot of these celebrities have the money to drop into this business. You know, so they can put a million dollars or whatever it's going to take into research and development. And whatever. It seems like what they're doing now is, you know, they're affiliating with a uh a dispensary and a growing, you know, cultivation producer in like Colorado. Live Well is the one that Snoop Dogg's working with. And then they maybe Snoop Dogg's people, you know, they develop strains in California and then they kind of bring it over to Colorado and say, this is what we want to do. And then they grow it out in Colorado, it's my guess. Still trying to figure out how they're doing all this because the interstate stuff is a bit of a problem. You know, you have, you know, individual states that are legal, but only four. And so, you know, you can't cross state lines technically with the product. So you're not going to grow it all in California and then truck it into Colorado, or you could, but you're looking for trouble, you know, or you going know, get caught, you'll be in trouble. So they're affiliating themselves with individual, you know, companies. Uh, in the case of uh, Marley Natural, I understand that they're growing out, they're strains that they have now that they just released in L.A. and three dispensaries, they are growing it out in Humboldt, and they—and that was outdoor sun-grown marijuana from the last season, and those are their that's the That's the basis of their product line, is that they want to have sun-grown, you know, Jamaican-style cool. marijuana instead of indoor, although they may head to indoor, but they're careful. You know, there's a lot of pesticides problems in Colorado right now that it wouldn't want to get, you know, how bad would that be if Marley Natural product got recalled for pesticides? <laughs> so yeah. they have to be really kind of careful who you align yourself with. matter of fact, Snoop Dogg align with Louvrewell and they've had a recall so gotta be careful who you're aligning yourself with there's so many companies that have recalls in colorado so you got to be really careful. But still, that seems to be the way they're doing it. You know, and the, the Marley Natural people I ran into recently, a woman uh, here in New York, I ran into her at an event, and she kind of explained how they're making their moves. But I, I think it's great in that respect It kind of brands. Let the, let it be these celebrities who have really stood for marijuana for so long, re, you know, creating brands. Yeah, they're going to make money, but, you know, but still, why not? Why not? do go in that direction. Look at B-Real. He's starting, you know, a dispensary in Santa Ana. Uh, he got the license for that from, from Cypress Hill, yep. and it I hasn't opened yet, but it's going to be Dr. Green Thumb, and I understand Roseanne Barr is doing the same thing. She's invested with another company that got a license there, so Woody Harrelson, you know, he's putting his bid for a license in Hawaii. I think it's fascinating. You know, I mean, I certainly have nothing against it, you know, all the celebs of the these are the people that I really have a great deal of respect for and have kind of built my website around, so good for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess as long as uh, you know that the celebrity who's endorsing it or putting their name or face on it is legit and they are part of the cannabis community and they're not just some, you know, bandwagon jumper who's suddenly Yeah, you know, they're really
2: they're really, yeah. All, they're really all the really all the you know, the, the usual suspects you might say, you know, there's nobody really out sighted that too much. I mean, Ghostface Killers got some line of concentrate. I don't know if you saw that. It was kind of like funny, like <laughs> a I don't know, like a QVC kind of thing. He kind of was mocking, but I don't know if those are good products. I mean, you know, unfortunately I haven't been able to try Tommy Chong. I didn't mention him. He's got his line called Chong's Choice. I just saw Tommy out in San Francisco, but they didn't have any samples. I was dying to try it, and I didn't bring any with them. I don't know why. Um, but they're selling up in Washington State primarily. They broke into that market. So everybody's like, trying different places, you know, and doing it a little bit differently. But, you know, more power to all of them. Yeah,
1: right on. Yeah, we're going to get to uh, talking to a little more about Tommy Chong in a few minutes. But right now I've got to take a quick break. But everybody out there, stay tuned. We'll be right back with more from Steve Bloom. Want to
0: grow your own weed but not sure where to get the seed? Go to bcbuddepot.com. For nearly 15 years, BC Bud Depot has been building one of the world's most comprehensive seed banks, offering over 50 strains of top-quality cannabis to suit every grower's needs, including multiple award-winning strains like Godbud, The Purps, BC Blueberry, Girl Scout Cookies, and more. In fact, BC Bud Depot's genetics have won over 30 different cannabis awards over the past decade. So you know you're dealing with a recognized industry leader that will deliver you some of the most potent, flavorful flowers on the planet. They ship worldwide, offering fast, discreet delivery at reasonable prices. All online orders are processed within 48 hours and are packaged and mailed with the utmost stealth and safety in mind. And if for some reason your order gets lost, damaged, or confiscated, BC Bud Depot will resend it at no extra charge guaranteeing that every customer receives what they paid for. Whether you're looking for indica or sativa, indoor or outdoor, feminized or auto-flowering, BC Bud Depot has the seeds you need at a price you can handle. But don't take my word for it. Check out their extensive library of award-winning genetics for yourself at bcbuddepot.com and type in promo code BLAZIN420 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. BC Bud Depot. Home of Cannabis Champions since 2002. Please check your local, state, and national laws before ordering.
1: All right, and we are back here on Blazin' with my guest this week, uh, former senior editor of High Times, current editor-in-chief uh, of Freedom Leaf Magazine and publisher of CelebStoner.com, Mr. Steve Bloom. Uh, before the break, we were discussing uh, celebrity-endorsed weed, and uh, you brought up Tommy Chong and how you just saw him. I saw online that you had done an on-stage interview with him at the uh international uh cannabis conference, is that right, in Oregon?
2: Yeah, the, the no it was the International Cannabis Business uh conference ah, okay. that took place in San Francisco. It's based there they're based in Oregon and they they run several a year up there, Oregon marijuana business conferences and they moved down to San Francisco last year invited me to kind of come along and they kind of tapped me for celebrity stuff and, you know, tried to see if we could bring in any celebs. And so when they asked me last year to get involved, I had this idea for them, which is, you know, I've been to a lot of conferences and they tend to be pretty boring. And, you know, people standing up and talking with PowerPoints, you know, news, um, <laughs> uh, unless it's really somebody significant or really an orator, you know. Um, and so I said, you know, let's do something different. Let's do a one-on-one interview with somebody, you know, famous. And so last year, we, in you know, the kind of film festival style, like South by Southwest, where they do a sit down with, you know, Neil Young or something, and some, you know, famous music journalist would sit down with somebody like mm-hmm. that. So that was my idea, bring that Type of presentation to the program. So we tried to get Tommy last year. Tommy wasn't so well last year. You know, he was fighting off his cancer and. Uh, and he wasn't available, plus he wasn't, his business it really wasn't up and running. So this year he was available, he's feeling better, and they want to push their business, so they had a booth at the event, and, and it really went great. Um, his and got no his business for a is long the time.
1: Futurola stuff, right? Or is it, what wait, is that? Wait, are you talking about his got, Futurola stuff or his uh yeah, or No, yeah, okay. you no, know, he's got a line called
2: Chong's Choice.
1: Yeah, He's got a
2: line of strains, you know, right now, Bud's, I don't know if he's got concentrates, but just Bud's that he's selling in Washington State as much as I know. He's got a whole, you know, he's worked out that market a little bit, but nobody on the celebrity side is really tapping that. So Tommy, you know, has had some cancer issues over the last few years, and he had uh rectal recently, and he had a tumor removed, and he's feeling better, but good enough to get out there and uh, and promote, you know, his product and hit these events. He's not touring that much with Cheech and Chong once in a while here and there, but he really doesn't want to work that hard right now. I think he's trying to protect his health and not be on the road consistently so that they, they, they do one-off gigs here and there when somebody, you know, pays them a lot of money. I know they have something upcoming, but it's not a regular thing. Like when Tommy got out of jail and he reunited with Cheech and they started touring, you know, and they were playing, you know, pretty regularly for a couple of years, he's kind of off that now. So, so, so I put together like a multimedia presentation, you know, some clips from Up in Smoke and his albums in the 70s show, and he just, you know, came out for Bernie. We had a clip from that showed clips while we did interviews, and I had about 15 or 20 questions that I kind of put together for the program, and it really went over great. Uh, we, it went kind of long because Tommy likes to talk, it went <laughs> about an hour and a half. And what people really loved, you know, the, all the marijuana stuff, of course, um, but what people really loved was the stuff that kind of didn't really know about him, his musical background. Uh, I'm not even sure you know that he was in a Motown group going back years ago in the 60s. Wow. You know, going back to, like, his days when he grew up in uh, Calgary and then moved to Vancouver, you know, he was in a band back then. He's a guitar player. He's always played guitar, like, bluesy-style guitar. And he was, you know, he was in a band and, and the band was a bunch of black guys and him. And then there was a guy named Bobby Taylor who they met in Vancouver who was a really good soul singer. And he got discovered, the band got discovered by Diana Ross, of all people, because she saw <laughs> them perform in Vancouver. This is the story that Tommy tells. And they got signed. Barry Gordy came in, saw the band, liked them and signed them. And then Tommy says, then forgot about us. Um, they had a hit song, uh, Do your "Mama Really Know About Me," that was moderate hit for them. And it did They had all kinds of like problems going back and forth from Canada to the states. Kept losing members, and one thing or the other. You know, the band kind of you know went defunct, and Tommy's career you know in music sort of ended. Although he would always include guitars in his music and his movies yeah. and stuff, and. Uh, and his live shows and do some music, but uh, he veered off into comedy, you know, and he met Cheech up in Vancouver, and, you know, they, they started, you know, their career as a great comedy duo. Uh, so all that stuff kind of blew people's minds. They didn't know, and Tommy was amazing because I played a clip from that song. He started singing along and almost broke into tears. Wow. Uh, and just just playing Dave's Not Here, you know, the funny thing <laughs> was Tommy's reaction to that. He figure oh, you know, he performs it all the time. Big deal. No, it was like he was just so into it when he was listening to it and the crowd is, you know, going crazy and and he's just repeating all the lines and cracking up hysterically and I said, you know, I didn't expect that. He says, well, I haven't heard it in a long time. You know, so I guess he hasn't listened to the version of the album in a long time. So all those kind of things were great. I mean, he was really good. So what's, um, happening now is um, kind of working still with this event, you know, where they're, they travel around mostly the West Coast, the International Cannabis Business Conference, the Oregon Medical uh, Marijuana Business Conference. And so they're having a, a one-day event in, in Eugene on April 24th, and they're bringing me and Tommy back to do a uh, kind of an encore performance of this presentation, cool. where it'll be about the same. They'll probably maybe juggle a few questions and ask Tommy if he wants to talk about something and bring up, but by and large it will be the same program. And then um, this event is also moving to Vancouver in October and uh, Tommy being from Canada would be kind of a perfect place, uh, and also he really got his career going, and, and Vancouver would be a great place to do that again, so we're planning on that if Tommy's available. Uh, so right now, you know, it's funny, after it was over, Tommy came up to me and said, this is great, let's do it again. Uh, let's do it again. Goes, yeah, I said, let's take it on the road. Well,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, uh I So I've been looking for something like that to do for years, you know, where I'm not big on giving speeches at campuses and things like that, me standing in front of a podium. It's not really my forte. Mm -hmm. I'm better at moderating a panel discussion or, you know, doing a presentation like this. So we'll see. I mean, I could really do this with a lot of people. You know, I could do it with Willie Nelson. I could do it with Bill Maher, you know. So it'd be kind of fun. Maybe we'll be able to, you know, once we kind of exhaust to Tommy and keep hitting Tommy different places maybe we'll come up with another you know celebrity that we can do the similar program with.
1: Awesome you mentioned uh, that you guys are going to be doing your interview on 420, 424 April 24th uh, up in Oregon but tell us a little about some of the other uh, events that are going on on or around 420 this year.
2: Well you know since I'm the person who likes to say I discovered 420 I didn't found it. I didn't create it. I didn't make it up. I just discovered it. You know, I was at the Dead Show in 1990 when these flyers were being given out telling the story of 420. I was one of many people who got the flyer. The thing was that I worked for high time, so I took the flyer back home and we published it in the magazine. And that kind of helped build the legend of 420. Originally, the story was that it was 420 was a marijuana rest in progress. That's the story that was told on the flyer. That was later debunked. When Steve Hager went out and, uh, and did interviews with the Waldo's guys who claimed to have created it. Now, the original flyer did say that, that 420 began sometime in the early, late 70s in Marin County or in San Rafael. So it did kind of point back to the Waldo's, you know, because it did start there. And there's still some contention whether the Waldo's were the first, you know, I don't really care about that stuff. That's, you know, that's the other storyline to tell. What I kind of like to say about what the flyer really did was that it, it? Even if that story of marijuana arrest in progress of Fort Point was not true, the later, the, you know, the later part of that flyer, you know, really uh, I thought was kind of more significant because I got into this whole idea of a. Uh, the, the 420 events that have turned into a big deal in the last you know, five to eight years, even ten years. And he says, now there's something even grander than getting baked at 420. We're talking about the day of celebration, the real-time they get High, the grandmaster of all holidays, 420, or April 20th. This is when you must get the day off work or school. We're going to meet at 420 <laughs> for 420-ing uh, in in Marin County at the Bolinas Ridge Sunset Spot in Mount Tamalpais. Just go to Blah Blah Blah, And They gave directions, and the funny ending was, Helpful Hints, take extra care that nothing is going to go wrong within that minute. No heavy winds, no cops, no messed up blighters. (laughs) Get together with your friends and smoke pot hardcore. So I mean, I, I just that sentiment is really kind of been passed on, you know, uh, as I said, in the last five to 10 years, you know, there's been an avalanche of 420 events, the best of which were the ones in Boulder. Now, they don't have it anymore because, ironically, marijuana is legal in Colorado now, but you can't have an outdoor event like a 420 smokeout like they used to have on the campus uh, of the University of Colorado in Boulder. But I luckily was there for several of them. I really sometimes really think those are the best marijuana events I ever attended because they were so like a flash mob. It just happened, and then everybody was gone within an hour's time, you know, and there was no real organizations, no speakers, no no booths, no commercialization, maybe a couple of people selling brownies, you know, walking through the crowd, and then people would gradually get there quarter to four four o'clock start smoking by 420 415 huge cloud the famous cloud over the diag that you could see with the mountains in the distance that that photo kind of iconic photo those were really a lot of fun so they're not quite doing those type of events anymore most of the events now are more commercial though Colorado does have a couple of um, you know like free speech events. It's funny that Colorado still has it, even though they're legal. Uh, On 420, they're having uh, the Colorado First Amendment protest at the state capitol building. What are they protesting? (laughs) 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 What are they protesting? Okay, we want to smoke socially in public. Okay. I know there's an issue out there. You can't, yeah. you know, you know, the, the 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 two sides of this issue is that we got legalization but you can't smoke in public, right? So, you can't it's having it's, it's causing problems problem for high times. They're getting run out of a lot of uh, locations, including Colorado because they don't want them smoking in public at their events. Yeah. So the same thing has kind of happened there. So they do have an issue around that, but by and large they've kind of got it together. But other places, Smoke Out Vancouver, 420 Toronto on April 20th. I'm looking for more 420 events, but, you know, 420 is a Wednesday this year. So yeah. when it's a weekend event, it's a real big, huge blowout. You know, when it's in the middle of the week, uh, events tend to take place either before or during or after, you know. So it's kind of a 420 week. Over the years, you know, at Stoner, I've kind of, uh, being that I consider myself kind of Mr. 420, that I've put together a really uh, extensive 420 uh, event calendar and get a lot of traffic because I dig deeper than anybody to try and find all the events. And so I'm in the process of digging, and uh, I'll keep digging, but i put together a first List that I need to put together for Freedom Leap. So, you know, obviously we have our deadline to, you know, hit our schedule. So I got to get it done now. I'm sure there'll be many more events adding on. Um, but uh, starting with, you know, the 14th to the 16th of April, there's a clinical cannabis conference. It's probably not going to focus on 420 at all. High Times is having their carnival and cannabis cup in uh, San Bernardino. Uh, there's a HempCon uh, on the 15th to the 17th. There's a New Jersey Weedman Man event called Cannabash, 15th to 17th. There's the first of those two Colorado events, the official 420 rally on April 16th, that's taking place at Civic Center. And then they have another one on 420. There's an event called Cannifest. And Eureka, California, sixteenth to seventeenth. There's an SSDP conference, seventeenth and nineteenth in Washington, DC. There are the ungas demonstration that's involving with the UN on April eighteenth. I think that's coincidental. That happens to be happening around the same time. High Times is doing another event on April nineteenth in Colorado. That looks like a concert where they have Cypress Hill and George Clinton and all kinds of good things like that. There's the four twenty events I mentioned on four twenty. There's Sweetwater four twenty fest in Atlanta. That's the big event i think right now in the world um wow. because if you go there you look at the lineup it's a terrific lineup of bands like a classic lineup of bands you would see in a summer festival you know all the kind of the jam bands and current bands and you know hot bands whatever just well-known bands you know a good lineup there that's a huge event that's at centennial park olympic uh, olympic park in atlanta there's a national cannabis festival on april 23rd in washington dc that normal's behind that's a first time event uh, there's the New England Cannabis Convention on the 23rd and 24th up in Boston. That's the second or third one they're doing. There's the event that I was just talking about, the Oregon Marijuana Business Conference on April 24th. So that's kind of like the run, you know, from wow. about, you know, the weekend before to the weekend after. So it's going to be a kind of a 420 cycle of events for about eight days.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of events compared to the old days, remember? We had one yeah. cannabis cup a year in Amsterdam and then there was Hash Bash and like, you know, and maybe Boston Freedom Rally and that was kind of, and Seattle Hempfest, well, you know, and I that
2: remember, was it. You know what, I give credit to Can and Debbie Goldsberry because the first, um, actual real event that I, went to that was a 420 event they were celebrating in san francisco and they had bands and booths and food and all that at the maritime hall and it was a really fun event i met the waldo's there that year it was probably around 98 99 ish so that's when it really kind of kicked off into starting to do like real events on 420 and uh, i remember at the high times office you know we were the only ones kind of knew about it i mean it was kind of our little in inside thing, um, and I, I don't know, you were probably with us, because do you remember going out to Union Square, and we sat at a table, and we passed joints underneath the table yeah. at 420, about 20, 20, 20 of us, you know, was staffers and friends who came up. For 420, and yeah. we couldn't do it in the office because we were having problems at that point. Of <laughs> yeah. Some, you know, the 419 off, no, not the 419, the 235 office. Yeah, and we had a lot of had a lot of problems in the office smoking. We were always hitting the streets and the roofs and whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we hit the Brook Park, and that was a little dangerous then, you know, because people were getting arrested for marijuana pretty significantly in New York around that time. So we took a you know took a big chance to sit around and you know create a cloud in Union Square Park. But we did
1: it. But we were always outlaws. We didn't yeah. <laughs> we were pushing the boundaries, you know. Nowadays <laughs> it's you know a lot of kids growing up nowadays, they're growing up in a world where cannabis is so much more accepted and tolerated and out of the closet, but uh you know they don't realize 20 years ago, 15 years ago how outlaw it was to light up in a in a club or a bar or a park or something like that. You know? Yeah, we
2: all got thrown out of places. <laughs> I got thrown out of a bunch of places. Not to mention getting arrested. Yeah. But I mean, you know, but I, I mean, I remember I got thrown out of the PNC in um, New Jersey at a Nickelback show. Uh, some some guard that came up and you know there was we were smoking in our row and this guy gave us a real hard time. I stamped it out and put it away, but he kind of saw me. And he pulled me out and just threw me out. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. i mean a lot of people have said that was a blessing if they don't like nickelback <laughs> but yeah. they were so friendly to high times you know i always they
1: defended were, yeah. Nickelback,
2: you know they were so you know chet kroger was so down with high times before they were a huge band you know sure. he was so cool you know so i i always have kind of defended them <laughs> even though they were the one of the most hated bands
1: yeah i remember uh, meeting them uh at some little bar party it was a either a pre-show or post-show party that they did in new york and uh we were at this little bar, and, and we were just blazing in the, in the little back courtyard area of this bar. You were you were there. Shirley Halpern was there. It was a it was mm-hmm. a bunch of us. I, I don't. I, matter of fact, I think that was the night I met Rick Cusick. Oh yeah. Yeah, at a Nickelback show, <laughs> a Nickelback uh, party. Cool. All right, Steve. Well, um, tell us a little about right. when the next issue of uh, Freedom Leaf's coming out, and what people can expect, and where they can find it. Well,
2: freedomleaf.com. Uh, the magazine's a little hard to find. Our distribution goes through normal chapters, SSDP chapters, Women Grow, and also you know wherever we can get our our magazine into stores, you know legal stores or dispensaries in you know in legal states and medical states. So you know in Northern California, like in Oaksterdam, you could find it at Berkeley Patients Group and uh... and Magnolia Wellness and places like that. But it's a little hard to find. Um, you can find it online. We have digital versions, digital issue of it. Our company is based in Vegas, though. I work here in New York, but we have an office in Vegas. You know, dispensers are just opening out there, so we're kind of making inroads there. Uh, next issue we're working on for April is going to be kind of a legalization issue because there's so much going on this year, you know, obviously a huge election year. So many different initiatives very likely will be on the ballot in November. Now, Rating Nevada is on the ballot on um Florida for medical is on the ballot. It looks like Massachusetts is going to make the ballot. It's possible that Vermont is going to pass uh, legislatively. They've already passed through their Senate, and now it goes to the House, and the governor says he will sign the bill if it gets to him. So they could be the first cool. state to legislatively pass legalization. So there's so much going on. So we're doing an issue kind of devoted to that and also look back at the at the four states that have legalized it. How is it going in Colorado, Oregon, Washington, and Alaska? Well, Alaska hasn't really gotten going yet, so it will be more yeah. of like an update of when it's going to get going.
1: Cool. So people can find that at FreedomLeaf.com?
2: FreedomLeaf.com, Slipsterner.com. Uh, appreciate everybody's support. and uh, Come out and see me in Oregon uh, April 24th.
1: Cool. Well, thanks so much, uh, Steve, for joining us today. It's been real fun catching up with you, and I look forward to seeing you uh, at the next event, wherever that may be. (laughs) My pleasure, Bobby. Happy 420. Enjoy it. Thanks. All right, guys. Well, you can find the calendar of 420 events as well as an image of that original 420 flyer that Steve Bloom spoke about on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash BB. Please give us a like, give us a share, leave us some feedback. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram, BobbyBlack420, and on Twitter at BobbyBlack. And next week will be our big, special 420 edition of Blazin'. It will be coming out on Wednesday, April 20th, rather than our usual Tuesday. And believe me, you don't want to miss it, because our very special guest, will be none other than cannabis comedy legend himself, Mr. Tommy Chong. That's right, the one and only Tommy Chong will be Blazin' with Bobby Black here next week. Also, if you'd like to give a special 420 shout-out to a friend or someone special, please go to our Facebook page, Blazin' with BB, or just hit me up on social media. Send us a message with your name and who you'd like to shout-out, and we will read some of them on the air next week. Until then, this is Bobby Black saying, lays on, brothers and sisters.